Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. If you drive around the city, parts of the city anyway these days, uh, you may come across some tent encampments, tent cities, whatever you want to call them. We'll call them encampments that have sprung up in certain areas. And not that anyone is likely to make the mistake, but just to be clear, these are not people having a uh, uh, an overnight camping time. These are homeless people who have set up these encampments uh, themselves. Well, now there is a dispute, a disagreement brewing because some people within the city, including some city councillors, don't think these should be standing and they think they should be coming down. Others, lawyers, some doctors, some advocates think that... Um, Well, they're fighting to prevent that. Let me first go. We're going to play a little clip here from Councillor Jason Farr. He is a downtown councillor. Here's what he had to say about the idea of the tent encampments and whether they're going to be coming down right away. It was our hope with our daily engagement with the folks that are living in the tents right now that they would take safer uh, and more humane accommodations that we offer each and every one of them, whether it's housing, hotels, or shelters. We'll see how many have taken us up on that by Friday, but we have no, right now, any direction to, to go in heavy-handed and dismantle every tent on site. Wade Pozyomka is a partner with Ross and McBride. He is the co-counsel for Ham Smart and Keeping Six, and along with uh, Sharon Crow and Nadine Watson with the Hamilton Community Legal Clinic. He joins me now. Wade, thanks for doing this today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, you are on the side that is fighting for these people in the tents to remain in place and to let them stay. Why? Um, so no, nobody on our side of the fence is saying that, you know, the ultimate end goal here is encampments that house the homeless. Um, what we're saying is that when there's not adequate supports in place, so proper affordable housing, enough uh, room in the shelter system, and systems in place that work for some of the people who are in the encampments, it's not a good idea, especially during a COVID-19 pandemic, to dismantle these encampments. It's not a good idea for the people in the encampments. It causes harm. It also causes harm to the, the broader community, um, you know, through the spread of a, a serious infection. Does the encampment idea, though, if we're, if we're saying that, if this is a, gain, if this is a uh, defense against COVID, does the idea of a bunch of people living in close quarters, though, in an encampment, does that not lead to more chance of getting COVID? I would suggest that they're probably more distance. They're also outside, right? So we know from public health guidelines that the, the transmission of COVID-19 is lesser when you're outside rather than when you're in an enclosed uh, space. Um, they're also in their own individual tents. Um, so, you know, from my perspective, the risk is, is less while they're in encampment. But it's not that I'm saying or, or that my clients are saying they shouldn't be in, um, you know, other safe means. All we're saying is that for some individuals in the encampment, those aren't suitable to them. Let me give you an example. There's uh, strict rules sometimes in the shelter system and in hotels because there's not enough shelter room, so that they're using hotels as an extended shelter system right now. There's strict rules, and those rules will say, you know, if you have drug use, you could be kicked out. If you if you pass a curfew, for example, um, and you're not in at a certain time, you can be denied entry. Um, and so some people who have serious mental health issues or addictions are uh, are, are not capable of going into that system right now. And so when you tear down a homeless encampment, what's left for them? You're saying we don't have adequate housing for you. You can go on public spaces, but you can't erect shelters to protect yourself from the elements. And that's what we're fighting right now. 
it's obviously a complicated issue, but if you have space, if the city is providing spaces, but some of the people who would be in these encampments are incapable of following the rules or, or whatever the, the reason would be why they couldn't go in there, what is the answer then? I mean, is it different shelters that would have different rules or, or how, do you, how do you ultimately then get these people out of the encampments? Yeah, I think we need systemic change. I mean, look, I'm not casting all the blame on the city for this. What I'm suggesting is that we need more affordable housing. We need more support in the shelter systems um, to, to enable people who have, you know, different needs to be able to, to be there. And right now we just don't have that. And so when you don't have the proper infrastructure in place and you're tearing down an encampment where people are residing, um, there's harmful consequences to that. Now, I, I want to say I heard Jason Tarr's comments, and I, I also understand he, there's a document that he's been circulating to concerned citizens. But I'm not sure, Scott, if you've seen the uh, email that he sent back to a constituent. And I just want to read a couple of sentences from it. Um, so I, I use firsthand accounts like yours in many of my arguments at Friday's council meeting. I was very much speaking in favor, in your favor, and in protest to these encampments. Then at the end, he says, to sum up, I am supportive of dismantling the tents, and if staff do not act soon, I will have council order it. So the position that the city is taking now, what I'm going to suggest to you isn't the position that they're always taking or that they're taking publicly. And I have some concern with that. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to make it seem like there's going to be proper supports in place for every person when we know that's not the reality. And the other thing I'll tell you is I just finished a uh, urgent motion, an ex parte motion before the Superior Court. We started at 11 a.m. this morning. And the Superior Court has granted an injunction preventing the city from removing individuals from homeless encampments for a period of 10 days at this point. Yeah, okay. You, you mentioned um, systemic change is needed. We have to find new ways to put people into some different setup that is going to be more appropriate for them. We all know though, Wade, that that kind of thing can't happen overnight. That's going to take some time to either to build new places or to reform new places or whatever else. In the meantime, are we okay then with these tent encampments staying for a month or two or three or however long they stay or growing even to be bigger ones because people have now gathered because they know they can do it? Are we okay with that? Um, you know, from my perspective, we should be because what's the alternative? The alternative is if, if people can't fit into the shelter system and there's not enough affordable housing, when you dismantle these encampments, you're sending people to either live rough or sleep rough, so you know out in the open elements, or to frequent multiple shelters because we know that homeless people, individuals who are homeless are more transient, right? So you're saying, okay, go from shelter system to shelter system, food bank to, from, to food bank uh, during a pandemic where you're increasing your exposure to people uh, you know, at a vastly significant increased rate. So, you know, no one's saying this is a perfect solution. We're saying the alternative is worse. And we're also saying to the city, you know, gather the facts, work with um, HamSmart and the doctors who are on the front line and understand these risks before you say we're going to dismantle full encampments without the proper resources in place. And I hear your point, uh, and I do hear your point about where do they go if if they can't have these tents. That said, just over a year ago, I was down in Los Angeles and San Francisco not to study this. I don't want to make it sound like something it wasn't. We were down there on a trip. But as we were driving through, and you know this well, and a lot of people know this, San Francisco and Los Angeles are having a massive problem right now with tent cities and with tent encampments. 
and people are living in filth and they're defecating on the streets and there are rats everywhere and there's rampant drug use. And even people at the most liberal institutions in the world, like Berkeley University, are saying they're terribly concerned about infectious disease and, and rotavirus and hepatitis and other things. Uh, now, we're clearly not at that same point here. But do we want to allow it to grow so that that becomes a concern? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's ways to address it from becoming a concern. So, you know, you can provide support to encampments that currently exist in Hamilton, and they're nowhere at that level, as you, as you recognize. But, you know, we can send garbage collection there. We have doctors, frontline doctors like Dr. Wicherik, who's going down to encampments to provide medical support. There's people helping individuals in the encampments apply for ODSP to get some financial security. So, you know, these people in the encampments have to exist. If they don't exist in the encampments and they don't exist in the shelter system or affordable housing because it's not there, then they're, they're going to be transient and it's going to get worse for, for them and for the rest of us. So what I'm kind of suggesting is by having the encampment in place, we know where people are. We can track them. We can get them social services support. We can get them medical attention. We can start to address individually the, the, you know, the aspects of, of poverty and homelessness. When we lose track of them, for example, there's people who are, are pregnant and need prenatal support in these encampments. If you take down an encampment and they don't fit into any other system of housing currently in place, they're at jeopardy. And so are we. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. You know, it's a very difficult question. I'm wondering as I'm listening to you, in your opinion, is it possible? Because what you're, what you're taking the position of is a position of compassion towards these people. And I think that's an honorable position to take, quite honestly. But is it possible to be compassionate and also to disagree with your position about allowing the tents to stay up at the same time? Can people who are legitimately compassionate people also disagree with the idea of allowing this to go on? Yeah, I mean, because in the encampments, it's not perfect, right? It's not a perfect situation by any means. And um, what I'm suggesting is because it's not perfect. Yeah, and I think there's compassionate people on all sides of the fence. I don't think that anyone's out there saying, or most people aren't out there saying we should, you know, harm people who are homeless. I think some people are saying, you know, the individuals in these encampments, these are terrible conditions for them, and, and we should do something about it. I think where we disagree, for the most part, is what should we do? Right. That's that's where the disagreement comes into play. And I think that, you know, increasing the support in the encampments and starting to address the root causes individually and systemically is the right step to do. And doing that in partnership. So not having the city being opposed to a group of doctors and we should be doing this as a team. And to do it as a team, we need to have open communication. So my clients have been trying to engage with the city and my clients have medical expertise on their side. These are the frontline doctors. So we need to do this together. Because ultimately, I think at the end of the day, the city, my clients, we all want the same thing. It's just how do we go there? Wade, if I'm walking down a sidewalk downtown Hamilton, let's say in the winter, and I slip and fall on ice or I trip on a crack or whatever else, I, and we've seen it happen before, I can sue the city because it was a, 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 something that happened on public property, a flaw on public property. If something terrible were to happen at one of these encampments, either to someone who is living there or to someone who's passing by, heaven forbid, someone with mental health or drug issues does something. Is the city potentially legally liable for that? There are liability issues, but the city could also be liable for um, taking the encampments down and what happens to people who don't fit into the shelter system. So my kind of thought on this and the way I view this is, look, there's always going to be liability whether you do something or you don't. And, you know, 
look at the social science evidence and make your decision based on the best information we have available in terms of really addressing the problems rather than, you know, taking care of an eyesight for people who may not want an encampment in their neighborhood or, or some of the concerns around kind of nimbyism. Well, uh, you know what? I've heard someone ask that question already and I'll, I'll pose it to you. Would you be okay if they set up on in front of your house? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough question. Look, I, mean, I understand all sides of this. I'm not kind of, I, I'm not kind of pursuing this litigation on behalf of my client with blinders on. So I know there's concerns and, um, you know, there's, there's concerns around safety and things of that nature. Um, would I be launching a complaint if there was an encampment in front of my house? I would not. Um, you know, I might look into it. I do my research. I try to understand whether there's a genuine safety risk. I'd ask some questions, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, when I work through that and, you know, I've had an opportunity to, to, to do a bit more work on this, obviously, because of the legal work I've been doing and see some of the facts and the research, I wouldn't when I got to the end of that road. What about the idea, if we don't want, if people are uncomfortable with the idea of encampments being set up in visible public areas or on streets or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. What about the idea the city says, all right, we can find a compromise here. We have a school field that's not being used, or we have a, an, a piece of land somewhere. We're going to set that up and say, this is the safe place where we can do this. We then have the ability for city people to come in. It's not spread out all over the place. It's not on people's lawns or in front of their houses. What about the idea of setting up something like that? Would that even be followed? Would that even be used by the people or would they say, no, I want to be here? Yeah, no, I, I think that, that, you know, from my personal perspective, and I'm not speaking for my clients at this point, I think that's, you know, quite reasonable. I, it's important that people who are in encampments be close to the, the services that they need. So often it's, you know, access to toilets, um, food banks, things of that nature. And so they set up in certain areas for a reason. So I think if you, if you took those considerations into place and the city uh, took the lead on this, that would be a great alternative from my perspective. I think that you can make sure that the encampments are not becoming like what you referenced from other encampments in the United States and that there's garbage collection, there's social services coming, there's medical treatment, we know where people are. I mean, that is a good alternative, I think. Councillor Farr, who um, who you alluded to and we played a clip from before, um, he has said that he has taken complaints from constituents about drug use and about fighting and about garbage and about excessive noise. We understand the position where we want to be compassionate to the people who are homeless and don't have a place to live, but should the constituents who are seeing this stuff and potentially they also are being affected by this, should they have a voice to say, like, are they wrong to bring these complaints forward or should we be understanding of their concerns as well? I mean, I do understand it, right? I understand why they're, they're coming forward with certain complaints. I mean, the conditions are not always ideal, but... You know, I, I think from a city councillor's perspective, there there has to be leadership in these times that has to be, I, I, from my perspective, and maybe this is a little bit too philosophical or preachy, but I think there has to be moral leadership. So even if a position is unpopular, I think you should base it on the best evidence available with you working with the community organizations to make that decision rather than, you know, some vocal people who don't maybe fully understand the, the situation or want them out of their backyard. So I understand that that's happening. I understand that Councillor Farr is getting complaints. But what I would suggest to him is make your decision based on the best information available to you on what the alternative is rather than just answering to, you know, a few yelling constituents. One more thing, and we're short on time, unfortunately, but one more thing, and that is if, if the city was to do as you suggested, we create enough shelter beds and the appropriate shelter beds and everything else, 
we know, and I, I'm not just, this is not just hyperbole. We know that there are people who, again, because of mental illness or because of drug use or because of whatever reason are suspicious, they don't want to use those facilities. We know there are shelter beds now that sometimes are open and people are still living on the street because they don't want to go. If those beds, if those facilities were open and people still said, I prefer to be in my tent, should the city then move in and say, I'm sorry, but we don't allow you? Or do you still get allowed to stay? I think you'd have to give that, you know, a a little bit of a deeper dive. So you'd have to look at why are people saying, I don't want to use the shelter system. Is it because someone has an addiction and they're going to be kicked out after a day or two? Or because, you know, there's people who often shelters won't take couples, right? So couples who want to stay together in the time of pandemic of their homeless will go to an encampment because they often can't access the shelter system. Or someone who has a dog. Many homeless people are estranged from families and a pet, um, whether it's a service animal or not is their closest companion, and they're not welcome in the shelter system. So I'm not in any way criticizing our shelter system. There are great shelters in Hamilton. They're very dedicated people who do this work. But what I am suggesting is that there have to be additional supports in these systems to, to welcome the most vulnerable. Because there may be an empty bed, but someone may not be able to access it, even if they wanted to. And that's the it's trouble that I'm making. It, it's a bit of a deeper dive. It, it is. And it is a difficult story for sure. Wade Poziemka, who is a lawyer representing some of the people who are fighting to allow the people to stay in the tent encampments for now. Uh, Wade, appreciate the time today. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Scott. Uh, and as I say, like it is, it, this is a complicated one. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I appreciate his answer that it's possible to be compassionate and still not be in favor of this. All right. So I, I don't believe that Wade is being the the um, is taking the position of black or white, one or the other. Because I think you can be concerned about people and also not be in favor of these tent encampments. And let me say, he used the word NIMBY. I asked him the question. He gave an answer, but I will put money down and I'm not a betting man. I will put money on the table that if you were to have these tent encampments be set up in front of anybody's house, pretty much in this city, even the most quote, quote, compassionate person would have some concerns. And it's great to say always, you know what, we, we, we have to be able to do this and we have to allow for this and that's, we may, but the reality is it, it, it works until it's something that affects you as in front of your house or that your family or your children have to walk by. Look, these are complicated issues. I don't want to throw out people. These are human beings. I understand that. But also when, when they had the, the shelter that was put into first Ontario center back a number of months ago, and then the good weather came and I went down there and I wrote about it for the spectator and I went down there and out front at the corner of Bay and York. It was disgusting. I'm sorry. It was disgusting because suddenly now you've got all the porta potties. It's a gathering place, and there were syringes, and there was filth. And I'm sorry. It's uh, if if that is suddenly in front of your house or on your main street, it suddenly becomes a vastly different issue. And I think an awful lot of people who might be very supportive of this, if that was right in front of their house, might. They may not admit it, but they would probably be having some second thoughts and some other concerns. We're going to um. This is this is one side of it. We're going to try tomorrow to get Councillor Jason Farr on to talk about his side of this because and and the people who would be not so much in favor of this because we want to hear both sides of this thing. We will attempt to do that 
tomorrow because it is a very complicated issue. And again, as soon as you drive by, I think a lot of people are going to go, wait a second, wait a second. We're doing this? The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.